So let's hear uh, the short story called Out Brief Lantern by Dee Wong, who was the creative prize winner of the Hong Kong's Top Story 2019 in the adult category. And the story is read out by Phil Whelan. There was a bell above the door of my father's bookstore. I was accustomed to hearing it ring twice. The first time would be as the customer entered. Upon hearing it, I would look up from my homework and meet their eye. They'd share with me a distraught, vulnerable expression, turn on their heels, and the bell would chime again. The store was called Domino 27. It might have looked pretty ordinary. Maybe you would have rolled your eyes at its pop-anarchy aesthetic, like I did. There were Orwell quotes and gas masks, hammocks and beanbags. That's typical enough, I know. But the riddle was the books themselves. They were all hidden with ominous black leather covers, each with a tiny tag displaying its title. Just rows and rows of solemn black. Maybe you have an inkling of where this is going, but as a sheltered, spoiled teenager, I was completely oblivious to the darker possibilities found in the adult world. On one fateful day, I boasted to a group of my schoolmates that we could raid the store for the novels we had to write assignments on, Fahrenheit 451 or Death of a Salesman and all of that. But instead, when they pulled the books from the shelves, they huddled around and laughed like animals. The next day, everyone at school knew that my father sold pornography. That's how I learned the word. I wasn't just disappointed. My whole worldview crumbled. But another more resolute character was already waiting to fill my shoes. My new self was apathetic and protected. I began disobeying my father's orders at home and wore ridiculous, colourful hairstyles as a way of acting out. After that day, I only ever returned to the store on Mid-Autumn Festival, when my grandfather and uncle would visit from Beijing. We'd close shop for the day and make paper lanterns together there in the store, then stroll around Victoria Park. Even as an adult, I still hated being surrounded by those books, and my uncle would joke in his rough Mandarin that my face was redder than the paper we were folding. Later, my grandfather might lean over and say, We Chinese invented paper, you know. One year, my father finally added, We Chinese also murdered the inventor of paper. And I knew that I had finally come of age in his eyes. I no longer cared. The day I'd like to tell you about was in that dreaded year in which the other relatives couldn't make it and I was forced into undiluted contact with my father. I'd forgotten the sharp smell of urine lingering in the stairwells leading up to the store and masking my mouth with the breast of my coat, I fumbled with my spare keys in the lock. The door opened, that familiar bell chimed and a great vortex of dust swirled about the store. I turned on the light and felt the roaches scurry away behind the bookcases. Presumably, my father had scurried away with them, because he was nowhere to be seen. He wasn't in his normal hammock or slumped over the toilet, groaning. He hadn't replied to my messages that morning, but I saw that he had laid out the red paper, wires, string and tools in anticipation. After waiting there a good while, I started without him. I found catharsis in snipping apart the wires and then bending and binding them into neat, concentric circles. Once I had a pile of them, I began to sort them. After I connected them to a vertical wire, I had a frame that could stand up by itself. This took maybe an hour, if I'm honest. I'm quite clumsy, actually. 
When the frame had taken shape, I dangled it out in front of me and felt a miserable, foreboding feeling. A naked lantern looks more like a cage than anything else. I couldn't help but imagine a cramped, unhappy bird stuck within it. That's something I failed to mention. The yellow birds. He'd drawn one on each of the labels. I took a break at a Starbucks in a nearby mall, and this question was on my mind the whole time. I'd never really questioned it until that moment. A large clock there struck three. With each chime, it made my father's absence feel all the louder. I messaged my mum, but she hadn't heard from him either. I returned alone and resumed work, clothing the lantern with red paper. I felt incredibly empty, maybe even lonely. My father would have joined the paper seamlessly, but mine ended up with a jagged scar running down its centre that frustrated me. I fiddled with the golden tassels and glued them to the base, but then became aware that I'd need to wait for it to dry. I began checking for yellow paper to decorate it with. I had the key to the drawer at his desk, so I proceeded to yank it open. When I did, I was confronted by piles and piles of glowing red credit card bills. But just as I was processing this, I saw something in the larger cupboard beneath the drawer that was even more shocking. Several copies of one book, black with the yellow bird, just like the rest of them. But this one was written by my father. I saw his name. A forbidden recollection. It read, the soldiers that attacked might have been the very same that we had provided with food and water only a week earlier. They were young like we were and had known from prior meetings that those of us who'd been on a hunger strike posed no conceivable threat to them. Those that could stand locked arms to form a human barricade. But decency is a paper shield. And whether one put up a fight or visibly surrendered made no difference. Students, the Red Cross, even bystanders, we were all targets of equal priority that bullets tore through indiscriminately. To my infinite shame, I am one of the many who fainted from exhaustion during the raid. But even those of us who had lost consciousness were not out of harm's way. Many in a similar state were riddled with bullets where they lay, or else they were trampled by the march or the advancing vehicles. Whether I was spared by an act of humanity on the part of some conflicted soldiers, or by the sacrifice of my fellow students, I will simply never know. I couldn't read any further. The book slipped through my fingers and dropped onto the ground. I'd been so blind. I rushed over and confronted the other books in the store. I ripped them from the shelves, and yes, many of them were pornographic. But others were chaste, dry, somber, and chilling. Compilations of essays, even children's stories, Alice in Wonderland, Green Eggs and Ham. I rampantly mashed each title into my phone, and the pattern was unavoidable. Every single book in the store, without exception, was contraband. I was surrounded by tome after tome of outlawed words, just symbols printed on pages, but I felt like I was in the presence of kilos of cocaine or smuggled guns. But they weren't banned here. We're safe here. We have the basic law. We're safe. It was all spinning around me. I felt such nausea and revulsion. Where is my dad? I muttered to the room. I collapsed into my chair, but the room still spun. My brain was such a mess of static that I sat there with my mouth hanging open. I don't want to be in the middle of all of this. 
I stared blankly around the room for several minutes until my eyes came back to the lantern on the table. The glue had dried. It was finished now. But who cared? I dangled it before me and its slow pirouette showed me every angle of it. It was a boring, modest little thing. In the lamplight it glowed a pleasing red that illuminated the gloom of the store. I lay it in the centre of the table and scrutinised it. All the while, strange, unpleasant feelings were bubbling up in me. I've wasted so much time on this, I thought. Then, from absolutely nowhere, my hand viciously hammered down upon it. It crushed and crunched it again and again and again, slamming it into the table as if it were another scurrying cockroach. Then, just as this hand was about to slam down once more, the other hand seized it by the wrist. Then to suppress my manic grunting, I smothered my own mouth. All was silent in the store, except for the staggered breath from my nose. The outburst had ended, but its echoes reverberated on. Calming myself with deep breaths, I examined both hands. I was haunted by the symmetry. One had done something so horrible, but they were the same. I felt so fractured, I buried my face in my palms. Swallowing became so painful. Why cry? It's useless. Why had I wanted yellow? It was because deep down I wanted to recreate a flower in that lantern, the golden phoenix flower. It was the one we used to hang outside our balcony back when I was a kid. There was something soothing in that idea, but it was gone now. My little tantrum had done nothing to calm my anger. It only added shame to it. And all I was left with was this feeling of absolute powerlessness. When I arrived at Victoria Park, the sky was a grainy indigo. I cut past the more extravagant lanterns on display, the rabbits and the dragons, and found a secluded lamppost I could hang my lantern from. I'd sheltered it within my coat. It was battered, squashed and warped. I patched the larger holes with tape, but no matter how much I tried, I could never puff it back into that pristine sphere. I lit it and clipped it there. The wind felt cruel that day, attacking from all sides. The lanterns all bounced and crashed in the throws, but for now, the flame within held. Then, the dread seeped in. The knowledge that the countdown had begun. The flame would die. It hardly seemed to matter whether it died that second or in a minute from now. It was as good as dead. That one's mine, came a voice. I turned with a shudder. It was a girl and a boy, both in school uniforms and slurping McDonald's milkshakes. The girl pointed a finger along the row of lanterns, presumably to her own. Do you make it yourself? I asked her in a hollow voice. Yes, she answered. Mum helped. That's good, I panted. My dad helped with mine, too. I was sweating. The boy tugged her hand. She gave a tense smile and the two of them continued into the park until they were obscured by the lights. I looked one final time at the glow of my lantern. I knew that every new gust of wind could snuff out the flame. But I turned and I walked back through the canopy of lights, fumbling with my phone. Would he call any second with an excuse? Do I report him missing? After a couple of minutes, I betrayed myself. I looked back. My lantern was lost in a sea of lights now. From a distance, that which had been disparate had grown dense. The concentration of lights, 
Not just the lanterns, but the lampposts and skyscrapers behind them. Even the joyous tone of the crowds. I saw in it all solidarity. All the potential of solidarity. It was what I needed to see at that moment. I pressed send on my message. Dad, please call. I'm worried sick. As I left Victoria Park, I felt a pressure mounting. A storm was swelling above us. I looked for the strength to face it. And that was Phil Whelan reading the winning piece of last year's creative prize of the Hong Kong Top Story 2019 in the adult category. And the story is called Out Brief Lantern by D. Wong. Uh, if you wish to uh, join us for this year's uh, competition, do so. You can find out all the information on our Radio 3 homepage on our website, uh, radio3.rthk.hk. You can also go to the Facebook page, which is RTHK Radio 3. And the deadline for the entries is the 27th of November. So you still have about six uh, weeks. And the theme this year is solitude. And there's a word limit as well. It's uh, 2,000 words or less so uh, start writing or keep writing and we look forward uh, to reading your pieces uh, when they come into our inbox you can also uh, submit online as well all the information is on our radio 3 homepage happy writing